I'm not saying that I'm disassociating myself with Crump, but I have to create a new lane for it because the lane that it's in right now is going to end up in a wreck. And before I allow my creation to be looked at as something tragic and, you know, cracked and shattered, I have to frame that shit real quick because it is a masterpiece and ain't nobody going to take that from me. Crump is a fucking masterpiece. It is beautiful chaos. The biggest oxymoron in dance. Mm. Don't nothing look like us. Facts. We are the herd of our ancestors and our future. Check, 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 check. That looks nice. Okay, it looks good over here. Are you rolling on that sound over there too? Great. Haha. <laughs> Is that mic a little bit in your way right there? Does that feel like? No, it's fine. It's cool with you? Yeah. Okay, it's like we're peeking through. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're neighbors when they look over the fences, you know? It's like, what's happening uh, over there? Home improvement. <laughs> you remember that show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was that guy over the fence that would always talk to him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, are you ever friendly with your neighbors? Like, do you have relationships with your physical neighbors? Um, my last neighbor, honestly, we were about to get into a fight. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I just said, like, good morning to her. And I guess um, she was having a really, like, bad week. Later, I found out that her husband had died. So, oh, like, it was just like, woo. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm pretty friendly. Like... I say good morning all the time. I always address the hour of the day. It's just a part of my culture, the way I grew up. I'm the yeah. same way. Yeah. I like talking to people in elevators. Yes, break that ice. Mm. Yeah. My favorite question, uh, my buddy gave me this question to ask. It's because, you know, because you don't have a long time. You can't get too crazy deep. Right. Right. <laughs> but a good one is just, um, are you having an easy day or a hard day? Sheesh. Yeah. It could be a quick answer, but I've yeah. had people tell me, I've had this one girl tell me, she was like, oh yeah, I just beat cancer. Like, as Ooh. we're going down, I'm like, what? And we did this whole Damn. celebration. We were like, ah! And then got off the elevator. Like, wow. You know, at other times they were just like, oh, oh I guess, or whatever. But it's like, right. it's interesting. You know, yeah, it's like, it is. I like having the energy exchanges with people. Yeah, I think it's important. Like, I feel awkward, like, sharing a sidewalk with someone and we walk by one another and, uh, we make no eye connection or we walk with our heads down. It's a weird vibration. So that I have is. to say, like, good afternoon, you know, to acknowledge that that human presence. Like, yeah. a lot of people don't do that. They're tuned into their phone while they're walking or the music that, that that's coming through the pods. You know, like, I really have to address every human being that my energy comes in contact with. I yeah. feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I love talking to cashiers. Like, yo, I'll be having deep talks with deep. the cashiers. We go right into it. Dude. If they ask how I'm doing, I tell them specifics. So exactly. Like, oh, you yeah. know, dealing with this thing. and da, da, da. We get into it. And it's exactly. Like, it's nice. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in South Central California. And then I also kind of grew up in Central America in my younger years. Really? Yeah. Where in Central America? Belize. Where's that? Uh, it's next to Mexico. Oh, Belize. Oh, mm -hmm. Central. Yeah. Central. I thought you meant like Central United States. No, 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 no. Central, Central America. America. Yeah. Really? It's in between, like, it's hanging on the end of Guatemala. What yeah. brought you there? Well, that's where my mom's from. Oh. And so, like, she made it her personal business that every summer I would go there for school. So, 
I guess I could say I feel like I had the best of both worlds. I got to experience um, Black American culture and also being Afro-Latina. So it's dope. Do you speak Spanish? A little bit, but I, you know, <laughs> so I know enough summers. to survive. I know enough to survive. <laughs> what were you learning out there all those summers? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I got super strong in math being there. And then, like I said, like the- Were they teaching you in English or in Spanish? No, in English. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Got it. Absolutely. I feel like my mom, uh, her first language is Spanish because she grew up, grew up in the countryside of Belize, which is San Ignacio, which is closer to the border of Guatemala. But- the, the native tongue in uh, Belize is broken English. Got like it. Like a Jamaican patois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lit. How are you feeling right now, this very moment in life? Like, what is your present experience? Um, I could say life right now feels like um, Houston weather. Um, anybody ever been to the South, you know, you go outside, uh, it's 96 degrees, uh, humidity on fleek, and then the sky is gray. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's where I'm at, like right now in my life, emotionally, like I have a, a lot of amazing things going on, uh, with myself, but, uh, like anybody on a journey to finding their best half of themselves, like I'm also finding out a lot of things that have caused me stress and pain. And so just unveiling certain things in my life, I feel is making like great paths for me to go where I'm going next. Yeah. That's such a necessary part of the journey. Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah. <laughs> so much of um, personal development is about undoing patterns from the past. Hell yeah. Realizing all the traumas and things that we didn't even think were traumas. They were just buried deep. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, apparently I'm angry about that. Yeah, definitely. And then you start uncovering it because I, I feel like at our truest essence, we're supposed to just be naturally happy mm. and ecstatic and energetic. And when we're not feeling that, it's something that's wrong. Mm. You know? And I think sometimes in society, we can get conditioned to thinking that the normal is stress and that you need a reason to be happy. It's actually, we have a reason to be stressed. Uh, that's a fact. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like um, also too, like it doesn't help that the social norms keep changing and like the things that we grew up uh, finding culture in and things that molded us in our lives are kind of losing value too. Like I know growing up, it was super imperative for me to be like super respectful to my elders. Like now I, I go on social media, like you see so much things that like kind of almost make you look at humanity. Like where is the respect? Where is the love? You know, like those, those certain barriers that we placed or our grandparents put in place are just being like pushed and pushed by, you know, this new society that we have. And I'm real old school. Like anybody could tell you I'm big on respect. Like mm -hmm. the moment that I'm not respected, it's demon time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I give what I put out like at all times. And I feel like um, lately what I see like on social media is People like moving in a way with hip hop, that's crazy. Um, the way they move with dance and the way dancers are treated, it's just crazy. Like I remember being uh, young and looking up to like the Nicholas Brothers and Sammy Davis Jr. because these were real freaking 
entertainers, Fred Astaire, Lisa Horn. Like these were people that I looked up to because they weren't falsifying. Oh, sorry, they weren't falsifying their energies like with auto tune and um, yeah. you know like this was real authentic energy coming off real singers, real dancers, real actors. And so now when I go on social media, it's like a real will have a bedroom dancer looking like they tour with Janet. Think yeah. about it. Like, think about where we are right now in in the social construct of how dance looks. It looks like anybody can do it, you know. But dance is a is is a a communication tool that is placed on certain vessels, you know. Like, it's not something that you can download on YouTube. It's something that a lot of us have worked for all our lives to feel, you know, and tell stories with. And now, it's like you can do. And 20 million views, and now you got a show, you got this. As suppose, or you have people like uh, Pop and Pete, Super Dave, the people that have created culture. You know what I'm saying? Just being overlooked and overshadowed. Yeah, it look crazy out there. <laughs> it's a trip, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it all has to evolve somehow. Yeah. And sometimes the value doesn't evolve at the same time as the distribution. Yeah. Right? That's a fact. Like so much greatness has happened in dance studios. Mm. And and then with like real, like you said, especially in the context that you're talking about of yeah. professional artists, dancers. My parents yeah. were dancers, so mm. I respect that a lot. They were both ballet dancers. And hey. so I grew up around that. So I understand that it's like a it's a it's a it's like a full commitment of body and soul. You exactly. Know? Um and then now I think dance in the more social aspect of it yes. is bigger, right? Yes. Like it's now cooler for kids to dance. Mm. Like when I was in high school, you could still kind of get made fun of for dancing. That's a fact, especially being a guy. Yeah, yeah. you know, Definitely. whereas now that's no longer the case. Now the cool kids are the dancers that are like vegan and like want to save the earth. And you know what I mean? Like and, and, it's and, a full flip. Back in the day, the cool kids were like bad in school. And now the cool kids are like... The, so The musical theater kids. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. They're the new jocks. Yeah. Like it's trippy, you know? So when I hear that, it's like, I guess I have so many different perspectives on it, you know, mm. because, okay, the positive more people conceptually like dancing, right? Uh -huh. But they're getting conflated and you're, we're seeing people get rewarded for like mediocre, just like vibes in a room, uh. right? As opposed to like, if we're, if we're gonna reward dancing, there's these like superheroes over here who dedicate their lives to taking it to such a level. Yeah. And it's like, why aren't they getting that shine? And it's like, this is where culture and technology kind of have to do a crossing. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, I feel like um, it's also about just seeking information and not waiting for it to just pop up on your screen or pop up on your feed. Like so many um, young dancers that I've run into on my journey through, you know, performing arts, they all have excuses on why they don't know the history of the dance that they're so in love with. Oh, you know, I've just, you know, I just learned it in a party. It's like, okay, but there was nothing inside of you that made you want to go look and see where this vessel started, you know? Like, I know that when I first got on the scene as a dancer, like, I remember my first, like, social experience in a club with uh, uh, Dave Scott, Jason Wright from back in the day. Mm. I was like, yo, I'm in the room <laughs> with the cats from mm -hmm. You Got Served. 
nah, it's lit. Like, you know, in this moment, not only did I want to share a vibe, but I wanted to, after after Carnival, holler at them outside of the club. Like, yo, what inspired you? Yeah. What was your journey like? And that's how I built my relationships with both of those gentlemen. Like, I found myself later on being in their class, not to learn a five, six, seven, eight. To experience what actually motivated their artistry. Mm, to just, absorb on a different level. Exactly. Like, I'm really in there just to hear the dialogue. I remember like being in a room with Jason Wright and being like, holy shit, like he's the Fred Astaire of hip hop. This mm. is crazy. Look at this man's vibration. This is inspirational. You know what I'm saying? And I remember being in rooms with like Marty Kadelka, like, God yeah. damn, this is this is where Justin Timberlake get the body from. <laughs> you know, like you're you're bodying stuff based on these artists first. They're like part of like the seeds of culture. Hell yeah. I will forever be indebted to them. Like these were my inspirations. And I got in here at my, you know, <laughs> in my years, you know, back in the day, like just being around them, I felt privileged, you know, to just soak up so much knowledge. Like I don't feel that from this community of dancers now. It's like You don't feel them yearning to learn from the masters. I don't necessarily, now here's the thing, I don't necessarily look at Dave Scott or like Jason Wright as the masters. What I do look at them is like pillars, mm. right? Like, I feel like when you walked into Debbie Reynolds, you know that Jason Wright taught there because mm. Debbie Reynolds within itself was an authentic performing arts studio. Right. right. So, you know, when you go in there, you're getting what? Authenticity. Yeah. So there's footage of like Michael Jackson rehearsing. Come on. Like, what are we saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's like nowadays, like we're, we're so worried about throwing up 30 second videos that we're forgetting to find out where these inspirations came from. So you can create those same energies for yourself. Yeah. That's how I feel. Where do you want to take your dancing now? Man, my dancing. Or your artistry in yeah. general. I mean, I'm doing a couple things right now. Um, I put out my first film last year that I directed and produced. Um, Dope. It played at the Chinese Theater. I literally, like a like, narrative? Um, it's like, like a, a I want to say, it's a documentary mixed with a narrative. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's a... a little cinema verite, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to my boys, uh, Michael and Israel, that um, helped me bring it to fruition. That was great. Uh, I did that, and then that caused a lot of like, like, yo, the girl from Rise, like, yo, she directs and produces. This is crazy. What else can she do, you know? Um... Then I ended up on Ellen with my company Throne, who my movie is about. Uh, took a meeting with Nickelodeon, like to to see how they can bring to life the things that I have going on in my head. Like I'm just, I'm more than dance. I'm a vessel, you know. Like I feel mm. like I'm a I'm a vessel that's gonna spew out everything that the universe needs right now. If you need it in, in in visuals, I got you. If you need it in writing, I got you. If you need it in sensei mode, guru mode, I got you, you know? And so <laughs> I think that's too why like I stopped identifying myself as the queen of crump. Like I'm more than crump. Like I am a vessel. I'm the queen of anything that I choose to embody. And so doing that now 
and walking in that purpose, I feel like my future is so much brighter, like not having to walk around with just a backpack, but actually like luggage of other things that I know how to do, hats of other things that I know how to do and brand it all as who I am, which is Miss Prissy. I love that. <laughs> I love your energy. You are a, such a powerful vessel. Thank you. And I think that we don't need to be limited. I you know? know, like we don't have to be just a this, just a that. Just nobody's an astronaut till they go to space. You know what I mean? That's a fact. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's why like I'm inspired by people like Childish Gambino Hell and Kanye yeah. West, people that do multiple things. It's like you don't have to be just a producer, just a rapper, just an artist, exactly. a comedian or whatever. It's like we're a vessel. Yeah. We have, I believe these ideas almost like are living in the ether already and they want to be born through us. And they like impregnate us with a, a desire to do it. <laughs> And then if we don't act on it, it's like, okay, fuck it. Then I'm going to give the idea to somebody else. And somebody else is an idea. And then you're like, oh, I was just thinking of that. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't act on it, you know? And I feel like that's part of our mission here is to act on those. It's like, I don't know why, but I have to do this project, you know? And it's like, we don't need to be limited. I think back in the day, you know, as the world was industrializing, we had to be specific. Like, sure, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be this. You're going to be that, right? Create a job, have a job, great, awesome. Yeah. But now, especially in the artist world, one thing helps the other. Sometimes if you do too much of your main art, you can burn yourself out. That's you need fact. to go do another artistic thing that's unrelated. Because then the way you release the energy there gives you a different perspective to bring back over here. Like I almost have to have a side project always. Look, people don't know this. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. Like I took no a year hiatus from uh, dancing in the professional world to go get my cosmetology license because dance starts to become like super monotonous. Like you become repetitive. Yeah, like I'm tired of being in this hamster wheel of booking a job, then taking a class, then booking a job, then hanging out with dancers, then booking a job, then being broke, waiting on checks. Like, hold on, I know how to do more than this. Mm -hmm. And so what keeps the spice in my life is I'm a licensed cosmetologist from six in the morning till one. Mm. After that, I teach, um, I'm a lecturer at LMU where I teach Crump Contemporary. After that, I write. Right now I'm writing my, my first book. Then after that, I run a performing arts crew in my community that I grew up in. That's it? Man, I mean, look, if we, if we had, if we were on Mars and had that, that extra hour, I'm telling you, I could squeeze a little more in there. But rather my life be busy than be dull. Mm. I hate getting on the phone with people. Like, I've lost so many friends because I got tired of hearing this. Yo, what you doing? Nothing, chilling, chilling. Yo, we all get 24 hours in a day. What you doing with yours? Chilling? You ain't a baller yet. You ain't shot calling yet. Get your ass up and get to the bed. And even if you were, yeah. they don't chill like that. They don't. Diddy and, is not chilling. And if they do, <laughs> it's like an active, like, let me really take care of myself today. I have a spa day or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. like, I can't remember the last time I was bored. That's a, that's a foreign word to me. I just have maybe days where I might be tired or yeah. maybe I don't feel like doing it. But, like, yeah. there's never nothing to do. I'm on a never-ending mission. You know, it's like that's a video a game getting to the next level. Um, my uh, my buddy gave me this thing. I'm going to bring it out just to show it to you. Okay. I feel like you would appreciate it. Okay. Yanni thinks it's kind of a little intense. But uh, he showed me this <laughs> checklist, right? Okay. Of, uh, assuming you live to be, like, 88... Um, each dot is a week, and these are all the weeks left in your life. Oh, fuck. 
right? That looked like one so, big ass scantron. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it's kind of crazy. So like, I'm 33. I'll be 34. So these are all the weeks I've lived so far. And if I go to be 88, each dot is a single week. It's like when you look at it visually, you're like, it ain't even that many. Damn. Even like, yeah, the next 60 years is just this many dots and weeks. Each dot is a single week, and it's oh like, oh my god, we gotta make them count. Like, I don't got time Yo, to be bored out here. Tell your man to give me one of those. <laughs> I'm so OCD. It's, it's called Shit. weeks of my life. And um, yeah, like if you have, if you live 88 years, that's 4,576 weeks. You know, because it's like, I think sometimes our brain doesn't understand scale properly. Uh -huh. Like when I think about when I'm visiting my mom, right? Right. Like, oh, you know, she might live another, you know, whatever, 30 years, right? Huh. That doesn't mean I'm going to see her for 30 years. I might see her for 30 Christmases. Sheesh. You know what I mean? Like if I Feel actually, it. if I've only seen her a couple times a year, Feel that it. means I'm going to see her 30 more times. I'm like, Feel it. yeah, that's not, you know what I mean? Like no, perspective. Yeah. And I know, it, I don't think that's negative thinking. I feel like it's just realizing how precious the moment is. Dude, I literally like have this conversation with my daughters all the time. Like my, my mom is like, oh, you're all putting pressure on them. I was like, I'm not putting pressure. Yeah. They need to understand that they are not designed to be employees. Mm. This is not a generation for whoever's coming up right now yeah. to be employees. This is the generation to be entrepreneurs and or employers. And so I know my six-year-old, she, she told one of my clients, my client was having like a breakdown like, oh my God, I lost my job. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I just, uh. and my, my <laughs> six-year-old, she's on her iPad just like listening to me do yeah. hair. And she chimes in and goes, well, I think you should just get up in the morning and make yourself coffee and make your own rules. And just walks out of the room. <laughs> and I wanted to pop her, like, what? Disrespect. And my client is like, no, don't be upset with her. That was a bar. She's saying what she sees you doing. And so therefore, the next conversation that you have with them is, what do they want to be when they grow up? And granted, like I've had that conversation, but never in depth. So my, my six-year-old, she was like, who, me? I'm going to be a boss. Anything I'm going to do, I'm going to be the boss. Mm. That's how it starts. Yeah. A lot of us, you know, we we get in that hamster wheel, that monotony ass shit. You go into college, you get your degree, you get out, and then you get a job to pay off the degree that you just had to pay for, and then you gotta work for the man, and then by the time you do get in a position to be an employer, you're 75 years old. And and you know what? And I feel like um, and maybe you know because I'm an immigrant, I look at it differently. But I, feel I think that. I think people miss the kind of the point of America, and it's to have the come up. 50 said it best, we out here getting rich or die trying. That's, <laughs> people from all over the world come here yeah. for the come up. Mm -hmm. They don't come here to do the least. <laughs> they come here to do the most. That's and I fact. think that the general conversation in America right now is lacking on yeah. that and even if you have a job you can still be entrepreneurial and uh, how you work with it and you can work fact. out deals with your employer to get percentages of this and help this out yeah. even within a company you could be an entrepreneur and start a side company to help your main company like it's like that's what it's about we're here to right. get it like yeah that's a fact my mother is an immigrant you know like 
when I talk to my friends, I always use my mom as an example. Like my mother is already a millionaire. Like it blew my mind. Like I help her with her accounting from time to time. And I was just like, yo, mom, you already got <laughs> over a million dollars worth of assets. You're so fucking lit. Yeah. Like, how did you do this? She said, because as soon as I got here, I saw opportunity. She's bilingual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She came here with a 10th grade education, went to night school, got her high school diploma, turned around, got her bachelor's degree, became a teacher. You know, like yeah. she did what she had to do. And we lived a very frugal life. You know, like I remember for the year, my mom bought me two pair of shoes, one for school and one for church. Mm. You know, no one knew that we, we didn't have it like that because we lived by a motto. You can be poor, but you can't be dirty. Mm. You know, so all of those things helped me in this stage in my life on getting to that next level of success. Now, look, I ain't perfect. I didn't fell short. I went on tour with Madonna, cashed out, doing wild shit, buying <laughs> Christian Dior, taking friends on helicopter rides. And then my mom cussed me out in Spanish and then I got back to reality. But I live a very frugal lifestyle. Like I, I stop investing in brands that don't invest in me, mm. putting time and energy into things that aren't serving me. Like a lot of us don't realize what it costs to just go hang out with a friend. Yeah. You know, them Starbucks coffee start turning into a, a $200 bill every month. Buy your ass a Kruig and get, and get the cold press in your own coffee. Like just certain things making these sacrifices. So many people that are billionaires, you don't even know. They're driving Camrys and wearing New Balances. I heard this <laughs> quote that said that hard times make strong people. Strong people make good times and good times make weak people. Mm. And maybe that explains the generational gap. Okay. You know, that like, I feel like our come up, part of the reason that we have this code of ethics and respect because uh-huh. I think we had a harder come up, and our parents had a harder Fact. come up. And then when things got easier, people just got entitled. Because mm. there isn't as much of a challenge. That's I think bad. that we forget about the beauty of a challenge, right? That mm. part of the reason that we have this respect is because we came up. I had to, I went door to door selling chocolates to pay for like my first equipment. You know what I mean? Like, you know what the, the, the school would give you the box of chocolates to sell? The Helen Grace? I, I kept the box and just kept refilling it with chocolates for my nah. own fundraising. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would go to Walmart just buy the, the, the super packs. And My flip man, it. that's what I'm talking like, about. And and I'm glad I had that experience. Yeah. Like it was um it was net it was a part of it. Mm. You know, I think um people don't appreciate the struggle as much anymore. Dude, I always tell people it's not about you going through it. You know, the key word in it is through. Yeah. You don't stay in it. Yeah. But you appreciate it more when you go through it. Like I look at people that are privileged and have never had like struggle. And then like um, when the pandemic hit, how they behaved, I was like, tisk, tisk. <laughs> Yo, when the pandemic hit, <laughs> I was so ready for it because I'm like, oh, everything is in emergency mode. I'm like, I've had that happen in my life before. I'm so emotionally ready for this. Like, <laughs> oh, the world is falling apart. <laughs> Been falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just. Band-aids. Oh, you have to lock yourself in the house? That's the life of a video editor. We stay locked in the room. Like, I miss so many parties. Like, it's like, I I was ready for it. So I thrived. I launched a new business during the pandemic. And fucking, Mm. it was my best business year ever, actually. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. See? 
my whole life changed during the pandemic. I felt so more late. ready for it than ever. See, you know, but but also right before that, about a year before that, I had a situation where I lost all my money Ooh. and like got evicted and had like people steal money. Like it was a Fuck. whole thing. It goes down and then it went all the way down. And I was like, okay. But like I said, you went through, through it. it. You didn't stay in it. And the rebuild. <laughs> that rebuild. That reboot be everything. Mm. When you come back after yeah. getting knocked down, come Hell back yeah. way stronger. Yeah, like when I took that L. I, let me stop saying that. That's another thing, too. About Maybe an that. L for lesson. Uh-huh. When I took that lesson of like taking that break and going to cosmetology school, like that was one of the roughest years of my life. Um, I was a newly single mom getting out of a domestic violence relationship. Uh, I had to move back home into my high school bedroom with my two kids and share an air mattress. Like I had to get on government assistance. I had to do whatever the hell I had to do because school, cosmetology school is 1500 hours. So you're doing 10 hours a day. I had no time to like get a job or get a hustle. By the time I got home, it was time to breastfeed and put my kids to sleep, you know? Wow. And that shit molded me into something crazy. Mm. To be knocked down to a point where I'm in the freaking government assistance county building and people are going, that's the girl from Rise. Yo, that's the girl I saw in the Madonna video. It's humbling. But I love that I went through that because the appreciation value of a hustling black woman, it has so much more value to me. I can totally understand how my mother felt being an immigrant, raising three children all by herself. I felt it and it made my wounds even litter. Like I used all those things to become the queen that I am today. Like Oof. I didn't need a community to dub me, my pain did, and the way that I survived it. And now I'm thriving through that that pain. Like, it's it's a crazy feeling. Like, people are like, how could you just freely talk about your hurt? I said, because I healed, you know? And a lot of people don't get through a lot of these storms because they hold it all in here, all in here. And then that that's where that mental health starts to deteriorate, as opposed to getting that shit out. Get it out. Don't be afraid. Don't be like, what? Just like you said, y'all was evicted. People playing games with my money. Yeah. An entrepreneur right now that's on a quest that you're on needed to hear that. He going to listen to this or she going to listen to this podcast in somebody's one-bedroom studio apartment going, yo, nah, I could do this. People get so selfish with the pain not realizing that humanity needs to hear it so we all can heal, period. I ain't never afraid to like tell my story, ever. And that makes me appreciate your winning even more. Yeah, shoot. It's only the beginning. <laughs> it's only the beginning. That's... I feel like I'm winning because my daughters are winning. Oh. Like, I get, I used to beat myself up. Like, I have two kids with two different dudes. I used to beat myself up about that. Like, yo, you got two daughters with two different dudes. Like, nah, but you're an inspiration. Don't ever forget that. Because there's a young lady out there that's beating herself up about decisions that she made. And if I let them know that even through those feelings, you can produce success, you can be resilient. That's the real win. It ain't about the accolades. It's not about, right. yo, I've been on this, I've been on that. It's about who you've inspired. Mm. What good am I if I'm not leaving something for you to be inspired by? 
That's a fact. Like, we love Mike because we're inspired by him. He left us things that were inspirational. Quincy Jones is an inspiration. Why? Because he doing just like you said you was doing, locking yourself in a room mm -hmm. and getting to it. He was getting to it so hard he had aneurysm. Where he at right now, though? Producing Fruit Produce, Frank Sinatra producing the Grammys, the AMAs, yeah. the 80-something years old. He done outpassed that chart. Yeah. Because he living in his what? He living in his purpose. A lot of us age ourselves because we ain't even living in our purpose. If you wouldn't have told me your age, I would have could have sworn you was like 25. <laughs> because you living in your purpose. Imagine if you wasn't doing what you loved. You'd be yeah. raggedy to this shit. You'd be yeah. raggedy. You'd be raggedy and torn inside. But because every day is a struggle towards your better self, it's all good. It's all good. I got to say, I love your spirit. <laughs> Brazil, I told you I've been wanting to work with you, man. I've been wanting to work with you for so long. <laughs> wow. I really like you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, I appreciate that. It just, feels I have so good much res to be like, respect for you and you. your whole character, your whole story. Like you're thank like you. a stand-up just human being. Man, it ain't always appreciated. Trust. Like, I remember like Right after all that crap happened with like Will Smith and um, mm -hmm. your boy, <laughs> I went on Will Smith's page and like I looked at some of his old posts and he was talking about the human ego, how a lot of times we get upset, not because of what's being said, but how what's being said is making you feel. Mm as opposed to focusing on if it's right and if it's true. Right. The moment that I digested that, my life got better. It didn't hurt when people would tell me shit because I'm like, yo, is it right and is it true? Okay, taking the meat, spit out the bone. Our ancestors have literally launched that on our souls forever to take in the meat and spit out the bone. Now granted, and Will Smith's, you know, you know, altercation with Chris Rock, he did not, you know, take in the meat and spit out the bone. It's still Will Smith all day, Team Will Smith. But in most cases, like as human beings, we lose sight of our direction because we get caught up in the ego. And I feel like the closer and closer I get to becoming my better self, I'm abandoning the ego. Mm. Just what, a couple of days ago, for the past 10 years, my name on Instagram was the Queen of Crump. I'm sitting here like, yo, that is so egotistical. Take that shit down. Take that. Why do you have to say that out loud? Why does it have to be verbalized? Mm -mm. You feel it inside. Who you are is Miss Prissy. The mm. official Miss Prissy. You've been Miss Prissy since before Rise. Mm. That's who you are. They dubbed you the queen. You wouldn't walk around here with that. That movie put that on you. Put back on what you been had on. And so I changed my name and abandoned the ego. Mm. Feels good. Shit feel great. May have to go take a run in the pool on that one. That shit feels good. Like, feels good. Miss Prissy. Miss Prissy. How does it feel to be Miss Prissy? <sighs> Invigorating. <laughs> like... I feel like it is 
a brand that circumferences who I am. I'm not just a dancer. I'm moving art. I'm a canvas and the world has been my paintbrush for so long. Like, what? Now I'm about to get lit. It's about to get lit. What? At first I was like, damn, the queen of crump was doing what? Hamster wheeling me. Ha ha ha. It was almost like limiting. Exactly. But there's endless possibilities standing in who I am. Ralph Lauren did it. Yeah. Kanye did it. Yeah. Just being their name, McDonald's did it. Yeah. Wells Fargo did it. Yes. JP Morgan did it. Yep. Standing in their name. Yes. Build that brand. Yes. That's what I'm on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I can't wait. I'll be feeling it like all over me. That's what's crazy. Like, I feel it. Mm. Who inspires you? Artistically, huh. nowadays. Uh, I want to say, if I could, if you would allow me to say three inspirations. Um, top, top, my children. Uh, second to that, Lauren Hill. Third to that, Storyboard. That you're telling me about. Yeah. Those are my three inspirations. What inspires you about them? Like storyboard. So what I I was on the I was on the phone with him today. I was like, yo, P, I said, you over here saying that I'm like you, but when I look at you, I I, I aspire to be as free as you and your freedom in the freestyle. I I aspire to have the energy and the thought to step outside of commercialized visuals of myself. I aspire to literally be moving, walking, breathing art. That shit is buck. Like, that's <laughs> like, yo, if y'all ain't never seen Storyboard, you won't, you don't even know what art is. You don't even know. Uh, Lauren Hill, the like her. Her, Sade, and Erica Badu, they all have that effect, yes. right? Where they can come, drop magic, and leave. And they're timeless. Oh, that's inspirational. When the last time we heard a Sade album? But I listen to her songs consistently, and they sound new every time. Because oh, they're timeless. They're on that by your side? Come on now. Exactly. Lauren Hill, when the last time she dropped an album? It's no need. It's no need. She's timeless. Erica Badu, timeless, and also, she's like an androgynous being where she can give you masculine and feminine energy. I feel deeply in that and rooted in that. Not to say like I'm gay, but I feel like I'm relatable to a man and a woman. Because I, I think we all can channel that. Yes, but some of us choose not to. And I think that's limiting. <laughs> limiting is like, fine. <laughs> like I don't think you can reach the full potential of your masculine energy as a guy if mm. you're not in touch with your feminine. That's a like fact. if you're afraid to cry in front of your woman, yeah, then that means you're not truly confident in your masculinity. Exactly. Because mm. your masculinity shouldn't depend on her not witnessing you crying. This is a fact. You know, because then you just it's a conditional image, not yes. the reality of you owning yourself. Mm. Wow, that was a bar. <laughs> now you. Dance many styles. Yeah. You do classical dance. Mm -hmm. Which one did you do first? Uh, classical ballet. 
Yeah, I studied ballet for 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Your idea, your mom's idea? Um, the, I, the interest, I should say. The interest came from, and this is just like sneak peek into my book, but my book starts off with this, me being two and a half years old, going to a recital at a local high school with my mom. Her best friend's daughter did contemporary dance. As a kid, I always liked Michael Jackson. I would stand in front of the TV and imitate him until I'm asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> so most of us as artists, yeah. he's like he's yeah, he he's, is he's Coca-Cola. That's who he is. Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when I went to that, that was the first time I saw Grace. Mm. Poise. Like um a different energy that I didn't see on Mike. Right. And um and there's beauty in both. Beauty in both. Absolutely. It's a different it's a different scene. different. Same same lane. Same same freeway, different lanes. Yeah. So I remember my mom sitting me on her lap and I couldn't keep still because the seats we had were bad. I needed a better view. And my mom was captivated as well by the dancers and she didn't even notice that I had left her lap <laughs> and ended up on the side of the stage. I took my uh, <laughs> black shoes off and I kept trying to stand on my toes. Um, an hour later, she was frantically looking for me only to find me sleep on the side of the stage. <laughs> so after that, when we got home, my father and my mom, you know, I was little. I love imitating Michael Jackson, but I didn't want to imitate Michael Jackson anymore. And my mom was like, you put your leg on the window pane. You put your leg and that's when we put you. <laughs> so at two and a half, uh, I had an interest, an interest in ballet. Wow. And I can never... There is not a time in my life that I have not danced. Not one time. I've never taken a break. Um, that 17 years of ballet landed me in New York uh, where I got into the um, Alvin Ailey summer program. You were in Alvin Ailey? Yeah, I did their summer program um, briefly. This was before Crump. This is before Crump. This is in the 90s. You hadn't even started Crump yet. Not point. at all. Wow. I had no relation to hip hop, LA street dance culture. Oh, so you weren't, so you were just pure classical, pure fan of classical. Michael, but just practicing <laughs> classical. And it was weird because I grew up in the slums. I'm in South Central where Nipsey Hussle is from, rest in peace. I grew up in the Crenshaw District. Wow. I was a little black girl in the hood that yeah. was doing ballet. And so to come home off of a knee injury from New York, that's how I ended up falling into L.A. street dance culture, like at 18 years old. And then how did you get into Crump? So Crump, well, Crump came later. I got into L.A. street dance culture first, which was clown dancing. Okay. Uh, my mom, when I got back from New York, she got me a job at her school as a jazz teacher in okay. an after-school program. And I had a young man, like you said, we just, we just tapped in on this. Back then, it wasn't cool to dance. Yeah. I had a boy in my class named Diamond Santos. He was dope as shit. And he was like, yo, Miss Prissy. Like I said, my name been Miss Prissy. He said, Miss Prissy, like, I don't think I belong in jazz. I found some other stuff that I'm really interested in. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Because he was amazing. Yeah. I was like, what did you find that is more interesting than what, what you're doing? What could be better than jazz? <laughs> what, what could be better than jazz? So 
He was like, I'm going later today. I was like, I'm coming with you. He's like, okay. Well, I get on the bus with that little boy and ended up at a motorcycle club. And I walk, no, dead ass. I walk into a motorcycle club and it's hella, hella young black and brown kids with plumber suits on, like the white ones with paint all over their face, Harlem shaking, heel toeing, booty shaking. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, I was like literally, I'd never seen anything like that. And because I looked like a kid to them, the lady who was the director was like, yo, you here for the auditions? You're next. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not next. I don't do this. And like I got in the circle and I battled tie-dyes. And uh here I am doing pirouette sleeps, back handsprings, <laughs> like picking my leg, my signature move, that leg yeah. drop. I've been doing that. Like, and I ended up being the captain of this crew. <laughs> I said, how, Sway? Like, how did I? <laughs> how, how, Sway? How? How, how? how do I go from being this ballerina to now this super, like, turned up street dancer? Did it feel natural to you? It did because I also grew up in an abusive home and ballet didn't really make room for me to show that aggression that I was feeling. Mm. Ballet was so poised and filled with etiquette and clean lines and street dance was so vulnerable. And... Uh, it did feel natural. It felt almost like that should have been my first element. Mm. Crazy to me, right? I never heard somebody describe street dance as vulnerable. Oh, yeah. It's that's very a, vulnerable. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's more self-expressive mm -hmm. than... Um, <laughs> Dead ass. Although this is like a discipline and it's yeah. a practice. You're kind mm -hmm. of creating something uh -huh. there, right? But yeah. when you're just... Expressing yourself is different. Absolutely. You're taking something that's already existing inside of you and you're saying, that's how I feel. Exactly. Physically. Exactly. That was a, a critical um, part of my life, a, a huge um, lane change, you know? And it took But was that just for me. fun? Or was that like... I mean, it started out as being for fun. Because you were still teaching jazz. I still... Of course I was. You were teaching jazz <laughs> and then after school. <laughs> that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. and then the thing is, right? like, the, the, we... You know, the, the teacher should not have a relationship with the student. So right. he's in the eighth grade and I'm 18 years old. I should not be hanging out with him after school. It wasn't, like, anything sexual or right. anything like that. It was that he was bringing me to some newfound land. And it was an amazing experience that I didn't want to let go. And I yeah. became super popular off of it because it was like, yo, the girl that be doing the leg drop, yo, she's tight. <laughs> then that became like a director coming into the hood. Like I did my first documentary. It was a Crip Walking DVD because I was the girl that could crip walk, but also do it in a back bend, you know? Like, what? It, that was my first documentary ever. People think it's Rise, but it's that. Okay, and, what's that called? Uh, it's just a Seawalk DVD. A Seawalk DVD? DVD? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's crazy how life just took off. You know, you thinking, fuck, all these years of training in ballet, you would have thought I was gonna be Misty Copeland. <laughs> and the universe said, nah. You're a creator, and I'm going to put the energy inside of you to create your own shit. And then that's what birth crumb. What did you get from ballet? Discipline. Mm. Understanding my body and my muscle and my form. Um, if you look at crump very closely, because I'm one of the founders of the style, 
there are a lot of contemporary elements. Um, the way that we place our feet, I structured our footing because in ballet, standing in first, third, fifth, and fourth create the most balance for the human body. Right. So if you look at crump, a lot of dancers stand that way. If you look at how we throw our arms, that is still from port-a-bras arms in the placement in ballet. We use those same placements in crump. Ooh. Do you see what I'm saying? So every style has a parent. Um, a lot of people in crump try to say it just kind of fell out of the sky. Like, nah, it is a fusion of so many different movements. That's why the name is called crump. To crump, to put things together, define, like coming from the word crunch. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Like, they don't know. It looks so beautiful. It Thank feels you. like there's like a ball of energy shooting out through you guys. Absolutely. Like, like you're literally like, it's. Yeah. It's just I feel beautiful. like an Avenger when I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like superhero <laughs> movements. Definitely. I totally feel like Black Widow. I really do. Like, yeah, I do. And then what happened? So, so you were. You did the, the, you were teaching jazz. The kid took you to the place. Yeah. You got into the clown dancing world. Uh huh. And then somewhere after that, you created Crump. Yes. Our journey stopped at Tommy the Clown. Like, okay. we were just tired of, you know, um, the birthday party scene. And a lot of us needed a new direction to go. Like, at that time, now I'm 21. And, um, and it's before or after the rise? This is before rise. Okay. Yeah, so I was the first person to, uh, I would like to say, pioneer the style. Um, I never take full credit for creation because it's not true. Um, the founders of the movement are myself, Tide Eyes, Little C, Miho, and Dragon. We're like what I like to call Mount Buckmore. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, like I really, I really look at us like that. Like we took our hurt and our pain and our sorrow and communicated that through street dance. Um, I also look at Crump like Fight Club, a way to um, aggressively get out emotion without harming anyone. Mm. You know, like when you look at Crump and 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 the the the, the biggest aspect of it. <clears throat> which is the session, it looks like a mosh pit. Yeah. You have this one dancer in the middle and all these bodies hovering around. Notice that we're in close proximity to one another. It's not your, your, your horseshoe that you see at Carnival. Right. It's so much more tight-knit to where someone could possibly get hurt. Almost on purpose. To, Very to, to, much to, to, to on like purpose. put that pressure in exactly. to make you want to explode it out exactly. even more. Exactly. So if there was too much room, it might loosen up the person too much. Just like friction on a stick. Wow. You need that. It's the heat. The person in the middle is the light, and we're all around to keep the light going. People don't know that about Crump. They, they've commercialized it so much and sucked the culture out of it. Like, this is a dance that has to be on a cycle, infinite. One hand washes the next. Crump... If you notice, like when Crump freestylers put up like their reels or their videos, they're always positioning themselves in a corner of a room, mm. not in the center of the room, because that corner takes the the void away. 
right? Yeah. Because that wall is energy and now this wall is energy and you're pushed into the infinite space. Mm. All these are key elements to crunk culture. Wow, I had I never yeah. looked at it that way. That's <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because to get that energy out, you mm -hmm. need to feel it. I feel like as artists, we're so sensitive to things. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, like sometimes, like, I, I always move my desk around because, like, maybe I just want to face the wall. Maybe I don't want to face the wall. Maybe I need to have my back to the wall. It's mm. like those little things matter. Yes, it matters we in creation. We feel literally, like, where the wall is, who's exactly. in the room. Like, it's all a part of the equation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What a life. What a journey, <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. For real, for real. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to like leave my stamp. I can't I can't be here for eighty-eight years and not, you know, and not be a memory. Like I need to be embedded in the minds of everyone that has come across me. You know, like, I'm quite sure, you know, people like Harriet Tubman, people like Asada Shakur, Afini Shakur, um, Sister Soldier, these are these are women in, in black power that really move me but, uh, because they didn't plan on being a legacy. The legacy chose them. Mm. And I feel um, very connected to that because I didn't plan on this. I told you what my plan was. <laughs> my plan was to be Misty Copeland before she mm. was Misty Copeland. <laughs> but the legacy was calling long time ago. Isn't that interesting, right? That yeah. sometimes the best thing to happen for us is for our goals not to come true because then we find our purpose. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Somebody preaching tonight. <laughs> you can have all these goals for yourself, yo, and the universe will come through with a big-ass dry eraser marker like, nah, you're not doing none of that, you know? And you're like, what? And the universe will guide you. I've been moving off of passion for so long and purpose for so long and God's will for so long that I don't even have to really like outline life anymore. Yeah. Like. You kind of realize it's almost like pointless to try to have too perfect of a plan. It's like I have an intention. I have some parameters. Yeah. You know, and every month I kind of update it. Yes. We're always kind of tweaking the plan. Absolutely. Okay, feeling it out. Well, based on how it's happening here, we're going to go this way. It's, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. I feel like uh, when you're moving with the intention to uh, be seen or the intention to be first or the intention to matter, you get no attention. You get none. Mm. You get none because you're doing it for the ego. Yeah, the attention is almost like an after the fact. That's like the cherry. Get, yeah. That's the cherry. I could go to a restaurant and literally just order a meal. I don't need the appetizer or the dessert. I look at the appetizer and the dessert as wanting to be seen and making money off of it. I don't need that. I don't need that. I just need to be impactful. So you don't eat all the tortilla chips before the food comes out, You know, right? I, so I'm not going to say that. Because if you bring me the bread and the butter, I'm on you. You bring me the chips and the... Oh, so only metaphorically you don't need the appetizers. Go ahead. Yo, Cheesecake Factory, when they bring out the, when they the bring bread, bread. Yeah. Why they do that? And why it be warm? Right? <sighs> I get so full on the bread. But then what do you usually order from there? Because there are menus mad. The jambalaya. 
Jambalaya. What is that? What's Jambalaya. Okay. For the African-American audience, I didn't get into African-American food until I was almost an adult. Like I said, my family's from Central America. We don't do mac and cheese, collard greens. We don't do that. So jambalaya is a combination of like seafood, sausage, chicken, beans, rice, and spice. <sighs> Cheesecake Factory got that jambalaya. I think I it's might good. have to try that because all I eat is rice, beans, and chicken. And, and potatoes <laughs> and, they and bell peppers. And mix it all together yeah. so it's like perfect. Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. like a smorgasbord of yes. all the stuff I like. Mm-hmm. And it's well seasoned. I yeah. Like and then I always get a Moscow mule. What's in that? What's in that? A Moscow, Moscow mule is like ginger beer and vodka. Ginger beer and vodka. Yeah. Comes in the little ro- uh, like rose gold cup. Moscow mule. Yeah. I think nowadays when I drink, I'm just more of a wine guy. I used to drink a lot more like vodka stuff back in the day, but mm-hmm. then, then I got into psychedelics and that really changed my life. And then now when I do drink, it's just wine. Uh, that's I rough. like weed. I love weed. I like mushrooms. But wine. If, mm. I'm, if I'm gonna drink, yeah, for me, the, it just it just hits right. Yeah, I didn't start smoking until I was 28. It's about and, the same for me, mid like mid 20s when yeah. I started smoking. But mine was really for like medicinal reasons. I'm not like if you look on social media, I don't even talk about the fact that I'm I smoke because I'm I literally am a medicinal smoker. Um, in 2008, like a couple of days before I had my first child, I had a stroke and I couldn't like speak. I couldn't dance. I want to say for like three and a half months, I was on all kinds of meds, like, Shit. and nothing was working. And I booked like a job for uh, these people in Madrid, this show called Fama. I, they had me be a judge and I was like, damn, I booked this shit like prior to the stroke, how do I tell them that I could barely talk? How do I tell them this? So my mom, she speaks Spanish, she came with me and they still wanted me there. And um, they took me to a medicinal, like holistic medicine doctor who had me drink cannabis tea for like two weeks. I wanna say like day nine, I could say all my vows. A E I O U. Um, oh, so you really couldn't speak. I like, couldn't. I had no mobility. I mean, if you look closely at my face, I still suffer from paralysis, like in here and in here. There's not really a lot of movement you can see. So if you get really surprised, I'll see it more on this side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what made me get into cannabis. I cook with it. I use it on muscles and, you know, like I threw away all the drugs the doctors were giving me because nothing was working. Mm. <laughs> so shout out to cannabis. If you not messing with marijuana, your life's ruined. That's how I feel. It does have a lot of benefits. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. <laughs> have you ever done psychedelics? Nah. Nah. It's not an interest of mine because I, it's just not, I don't, I know a lot of my homies do like, but it's, it's just not an interest of mine. Like I feel like, um, that's how I feel about pizza. <laughs> Yo, we got a lot in common. My kids love pizza. So when I order it, it's like, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, 
Nah. It's, yeah, it's overrated. I think I have so much change happening in my life that I want my food to be exactly what I want. And I just get my rice, beans, and chicken, and potatoes. I don't care where I'm at in the world. I'll cook it if I have to, you know? Like, I'll cook it at the hotel if I have to. But, yeah. like, I, I'm eating what I want to eat exactly the way I want to eat it. I feel Everything bad. else can change. Let the whole world spin around. <laughs> but I will have my food my way. I feel that. And I don't really like going to fancy restaurants either. I like hole in the walls. Like mom and pops. Me too. I need a grandma cooking in the back. I need, it's like, it's a necessity. I need somebody's abuela back there. Don't do me like this. Stop having these young little kids make rice. I don't like my rice like that. That rice hard. Somebody grandma, get in the (laughs) kitchen, please. These beans. Who seasoned the beans? (laughs) Do this all over. You call this beans? (laughs) Like, yo, I used to love Chipotle until they start franchising. I was like, nah, what's going on? Like, all the flavor's gone. It did fall off a bit. (laughs) I like adding a little bit of, like, hot pico de gallo to my beans. I like black Cuban beans with, like, little hot pico de gallo. I like black Cuban beans. I I have, like, jasmine rice with, like, diced um, onions on it. What, and avocado? Then, Sliced avocado? I only like avocado with my chips. And then for my chicken, I do like a lot of garlic powder, lemon, you know what I mean? Um, different like lemon peppers. And then as I'm cooking it, I literally pour lemon over it. And at the end, then I have finishing salts. So I have like rosemary salt, smoked sea salt, and like garlic salt, like 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 infused, like finishing ones, the ones that you literally have to like take with your finger. Like the dude on the meme? I shit you not. I've brought that to restaurants. I have You're brought, like, cool, cool, cool. I have brought my salt to restaurants. Like Oh, you I just, really anal with it. I feel it. You like what you like. You like what you like. And it's not even an expensive luxury, you know? It's like I'm not even asking for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that like <laughs> Yeah. What do your kids that. eat? Do they eat a lot? What my kids have a healthy palate. Like, I remember one time I looked at my bank statement and I was just like, damn, I spent $2,500 on takeout this month. I'm like, what It do the go fuck? like that, doesn't it? Yeah. But my kids like sushi, hot, hot pot. They, they're not McDonald's Burger King kids. They have like serious palates. Sometimes I think with the amount of money I spend on like DoorDash, like I might as well just hire a part-time chef at this or point. Or invest in stock in DoorDash. Like, yeah. You know, like. Put an equal amount in, become a consumer <laughs> and an owner, as Jay-Z said on that entrepreneur song. Have you heard that track? Nah, with but Pharrell? I feel that. Oh, that's a track. Pharrell and Jay-Z, entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> the whole music video, they weren't even in it. It was just a montage of stories of great black entrepreneurs. Oh, that's so bad. That are like now, you know what I mean? Like people that's that are bad. executives, people that have like barbershops and everything. Mm. And the whole song, I mean, it's a, it's such a good song. I almost may even want to just play a little <laughs> bit of it for you. Where's, where's my phone? Uh, don't fall back. Just In the director's chair, don't fall back. Just out of reach. Don't fall back. Don't just fall back. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it, I really like the, the... First of all, do you like Jay-Z? What? Okay. Is water wet? Okay. I don't know. Some, <laughs> some people are... I like them until they tell me they don't like Jay. And I'm like... Nah. I, I Look, that whole zone, uh, Kanye, Dame Dash, Jay-Z. I'm, I'm, I'm like like hyper fan of Dame Dash because he created the other two. 
Thank you. <laughs> now the podcast is really starting. <laughs> now we're going to talk about culture. Okay. Listen, this is how much I like to, I'm a fan of and I study Jay and Kanye. Mm. I see them as two sides of the coin yeah, of, or, of order and chaos. Mm. They represent two things that I really like. Jay-Z to me is like the hood's Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? He's like, his music is like encoded yeah. with like strategy and patience yeah. and like old bull mentality. You know what I mean? Be patient, save your money. Chains are cool to cop and more important are lawyer fees. You know what I mean? Like, like <sighs> he literally guess. had wisdom. Yeah. Like I, eventually I want to direct a movie about Jay-Z. That's like the feature, kind of feature film I want to do. That's I want to do it. that kind of story, like mm. a reasonable doubt. Oh, wow. Kind of film. Like, that's when I do films, it's that, you mm. know? Um, Kanye is the opposite of that, is break all the rules, fuck it. Bet the whole house on it right now, and let's just, ah, let me express myself, and that's needed. And I think people give my man way too much shit. God, um, you know, like, I, and, and I get it, but also, I think people just aren't really paying attention. They're not really looking at what's been happening. Like, especially if you see that movie Genius. Oh, like, my God, don't get me started. Like, oh, I had a whole viewing party for him at my house. Like, I've seen it multiple times. Like, it's I, I interviewed Jay Ivey, who wrote the, the thing, and he's the poet on Never Let Me Down. Mm. And he performed it here for me. Oh, wow. From College Dropout. I had that performance here. That was, like, the highlight of the year for me. Oh, The fact wow. that he came through for that. Like, that was, like, the hip-hop fan in me was so into it. Um... No, for me, and I know they're not, I'm not pretending that Jay and Kanye are like these perfect superheroes. Like, they're human. People that make mistakes. But what they represent to me in the culture, mm. like, they, they might as well be superheroes to yeah, me. Yeah, they are. Because they keep doing it. Like, Jay-Z does things, like, in the background. You know what I mean? He's, like, strategically helping the industry grow and putting people in places. Kanye is saying, this is how far you can go if you believe in yourself and how you don't need to be limited as your identity. You know? Like, I remember listening to a 2013 interview with uh, Charlemagne on The Breakfast Club when Yeezus came out and Charlemagne and I love Charlemagne but he was like hating on Yeezus and saying come oh. on and he was, he was like nah Kanye nobody cares about your clothes and your sneakers you know what I mean you just want to hear the music and, and here we are and in 2022 like, and he's a billionaire my man stays oh. putting it out like that's yeah. big like I get so juiced by their music and their movement yeah. like it's um, I even got around to paying a song fuck that song we can keep going it's yeah. like I, I'm such a hip hop fan I, I feel like Kanye is like my spirit animal because mm. he, like, I think what society fails to realize is that's what human looks like. Yes. Okay? Like, oh, Kanye's crazy. No. Kanye is a fucking genius, okay, who had the utmost support in the world. And we all know what that is. The mother. Mm-hmm. A mother who believed in him. A mother who finished his sentences. A mother who was willing to sacrifice everything to make sure that her son had a shot at success, okay? Mm. A mother that was his biggest fan and held precedent over friendships. Mm. And then the universe snatched her, okay? Like any human being losing something so valuable, the spiral down will happen. The only thing that is different is that 
a camera was put on his spiral. Yes, he's being like, vulnerable. Like, he's being real. Like even in these moments where people are like, oh, he's going crazy. No, first of all, I talk to people that pretend to be all cool in social media, but I know how y'all really talk in real life. So let's just start there because everybody isn't the angels that they pretend to be, okay? I see way too many corporate people at raves turning up. So let's just <laughs> stop that. Kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's like he's being real. Like if he's on stage crying, that's as real as that's mention, the most horrible thing you his can His mom ever do. died at the peak of his career. So you guys are like fangirling him in a moment where he's trying to go through the motions of losing his mom. And giving us the gift of doing that publicly through art so that if we're feeling something similar, we can relate to that song. So but we then can you tune turn into around it. and shame him for crying. So now we're quieting like emotions and then calling that bipolar disorder. No, this is what happens when you're losing something valuable. So let me guess, I'm supposed to be okay if right now one of my children die, God forbid. I'm supposed to just get up and take an interview and just and win. And be all politically correct. Like, hi, How like, like be what, here? if anything, that's some fucking mental health issues right there. Yes. That's the thing. Me and my kids, we watch this uh, TikTok where um, the paparazzi pull up on uh, Kanye West at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and they're going, good morning, Kanye. And he's like, shut the fuck up. And the guy's like, no, we just want to say morning. He's like, who the fuck comes to somebody's house at 4.30 in the morning, you blood-sucking mosquitoes? <laughs> I say, y'all, that's my dog. That's my dog. Because you're looking at him like, oh my God, he's crazy. No, y'all crazy. Who the fuck comes to somebody's house at 4.30 in the morning snapping pictures? I wouldn't do that to somebody I was dating. Like, that's Come just some on. weird shit to do. <laughs> and now he's crazy for calling them what they are. Going back to what I said about Will Smith. He's calling them what's right and what's true. Y'all some blood sucking mosquitoes. Y'all hype for a story to the point where y'all coming out here camped out around my house at 4.30 in the morning. Because they want to keep the script running. They want to keep Get a new rider. facade running. Get a new rider. Right? And then they want all the famous people to go like on Jimmy Fallon and to be like, ha funny joke. Yes, promote my movie. See ya. It's like, no. And he goes in there and he's like, nah, let me tell you what I believe. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's like, even if you don't agree with the content of it, contextually, the fact that yeah. he's on that pedestal and he's telling you, here's a real, yeah. and I might lose a bunch of fans by saying this, that's brave to me. As far Hell as artistic, yeah. it's not like SEAL team brave, but mm. artistically, socially? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel the same way like about uh, Rihanna. Mm. Everybody's like, you're a Virgo, you should like Beyonce. Okay, here's the thing. Rihanna resonates to me because her independence is so real mm. and she is timeless and relatable. Uh, when I look at Beyonce, I feel like she's pageant, picture perfect. Mm. No room for flaw because she's too busy having to be picture perfect. I like Rihanna because she shows the flaws. Oh, I can totally I love see what that. you mean about that. I love that. Paparazzi walk by, you see her do this. That's real. She's not giving this <laughs> uh, Mrs. Kennedy pageant wave. She's not doing that. You know, she went off and started her own beauty brand. She didn't attach herself to a beauty brand. Uh, 
Beyonce, yes, you got Ivy Park growing on by way of Adidas. Rihanna did Fenty by way of Fenty. And it's almost like <laughs> each one needed to play their part separately, right? Yeah, yeah. Because prior to Beyonce. I love you, B, though. I love you. Yeah. I love you, B. I love you. No, no, but, but, but I, love I hear you. what you're saying. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you're talented. You're you know an inspiration. I love you. <laughs> yeah. You're an inspiration to black women and all women and all humans across the world. But Rihanna's like unpolished persona resonates with my spirit so much more. Yes. Yeah. It's more of a gift of vulnerability that yeah. she's giving to the audience. Yep. Because it's just the same way that like um, Kanye is like that too. Yeah, yeah. Right? He gives the gift of showing the flaws. And Jay, I love Jay. Jay to me is goat status, yeah. you know? But Jay can't go around screaming in a restaurant. Like nah. if you saw Jay-Z screaming in a restaurant, you would think everything was falling apart. If you saw Kanye doing it, you'd be like, oh, well, he might have had a great idea that day. <laughs> you know? like That's a fact. He, he doesn't have that freedom. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I um, I literally had this conversation with my best friend. I was like, dude, I'm the Kanye West of, of Crump. <laughs> she was like, shut the fuck up. I said, no, I am, because I be going off on tangents just like that, and I still be successful. Uh, people in, in, in the Crump culture don't really fuck with me because I speak truth. They don't like it. I'm the one that's like, yo, y'all still out here doing the same shit we did in Rise? Evolve! It's the facts. How would you feel, Brazil, if you see me still doing the same shit I was doing in Rise? There's no, there's, yeah. you interviewing me and I'm like, well, I'm dancing in my backyard. Like, it's like, where's the growth? And for me, what we did was so inspirational. We left the, the doors open for there to be more things to come. Do understand that we are the only culture that has our own featured film put out by Lionsgate. That hasn't been done since breaking. Ain't nobody did a movie on flexing. Ain't nobody did a movie on juking, footwork kings, none of that shit. They did it on crump. So there is a level of expectation that I have on my community. We set the stone for your Mount Buckmore, set the stone. What y'all got next? I waited 15 years for somebody to do the next movie. No one did it, so I did it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I put the pressure on the community. I'm Kanye. I'm gonna put the pressure, I'm gonna say all the things you're thinking in your mind. I'm gonna say it out loud though. And take the consequences that come with it. Because somebody has to play that angel devil role. Somebody has to do it. And I don't mind doing it because I'm doing it based on the fact that truth always prevails. Mm. I take that car, like everybody's like, yo, you taking a mad like, yo, what you doing is, I, I don't care because I know that I'm doing it with God's will in mind. The truth hurt, but it's gonna evolve you. And I think if you know a level of truth like that that you really care about and you don't express it, yeah, that'll be not good for you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I expressed a lot of truth these past couple of days in regards to what's going on in crump culture. Um, it's a lot of bad things going on. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm disassociating myself with crump, but I have to create a new lane for it because the lane that it's in right now is going to end up in a wreck on the 110. Like It's, <laughs> it's going to end up in a wreck. And before I allow my creation to be looked at as something tragic and, you know, cracked and shattered, I have to frame that shit 
real quick because it is a masterpiece and ain't nobody going to take that from me. Crump is a fucking masterpiece. It is beautiful chaos. The biggest oxymoron in dance. Mm. Don't nothing look like us. Facts. We are the herd of our ancestors and our future. Like, that's an amazing balance. Crump conveys so many messages that I have never been able to convey with ballet. Mm. I could tell you what I've gone through today without opening my mouth through Crump. Mm. I could bang that on my life. Mm. I don't see no other dance style out here doing that. A head spin ain't telling me what I've gone through today. But a chest pop, a rage of pain coming through you, I'm feeling it in my soul. Like, no dance out here moving like that. That's the ancestors speaking right through us. And it I is gotta, a masterpiece. It is. It is a masterpiece, and I'm about to frame it. It ain't had a frame yet. I'm about to frame it, though. Don't trip. Wait on it. I'm about to frame it. Boop, boop. <laughs> boop. Custom frame, too. We ain't doing a, we we ain't going to Michaels. Are we talking about a book coming out soon? Yeah, I'm writing my book. I'm 35 works. pages in. It's called Thy Queendom Come. Mm. We almost there. We almost there. I told my fiance today, I said, yo, don't call me right now. Because uh, I tend to write write my shit first. Like I have to write in a notebook. I have to There's something um, about that feeling of pen to paper. You get emotions. The way you you press hard on a certain word. I need to see the scratch outs. So I've done 35 pages already. And so today I started typing it. And um I, I like after page six I had to stop because the computer was hurting my face. Mm. That's that fake shit. Mm. The writing it down was that real shit. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for y'all to hear this. Yeah, you got to save those those pages. Hell yeah. The scratch out is important. You see how they built a, a, in the Grammy uh, the Grammy Museum, how they did Tupac with all his um Oh, from notebooks. his notebooks? Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten to see it yet. Oh. That's, oh, that to me is like more important than the Declaration of Independence kind of a thing. You're just like, yo, this is where you wrote that. <laughs> That's the scratch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love culture. Mm-hmm. I love hip hop. It's um, it's been such a big part of my life. I I, I draw so much from it. Like I love studying it and, and the people and the lyrics. That's how I learned English. Wow. It's memorizing rap songs. I have a thing for memorizing lyrics. Like, when I go to karaoke, I don't even look at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you the man. <laughs> That's why turn we're... it off. Try to teleprompter yeah, off. I got, yeah. this. I got this. Got it. <laughs> That's why if I'm in the car with somebody and there's music playing, you can't be talking to me. It's you or the radio. Because in my mind, I'm rapping it all here, so I'm not hearing anything you're saying. I'm like, hold on, let me pause. As you were saying, <laughs> that's that connection. Yeah, that's the vibration. Yeah, I'm like that too. I was telling a young lady, um, I had her come and uh, film my students at LMU yesterday. And I really loved the, um, the aesthetic of how she shot. Um, I like uh, when a director isn't afraid to get on the floor, roll around. If the dancer is rolling around, I like that yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, it, brings the, it brings that shit to life. Yeah. You know, not everybody can dance. Yeah. But if it's filmed a certain way and a dance your ass right out your seat. Mm-hmm. And um, I told her, I said, oh, check this out. I want to work with you. 
but my policy is no one can be around when we're working. I don't like an audience. I'm very serious about the way people film me. Yeah. And she was like, wow, ain't nobody ever said that. I said, look, I see you got a husband and a child, but not even them can come around. Mm -hmm. I don't do repeats. I only do one takes. Don't try to hit me with all these angles. This pain gonna hit you one time. So get it. She's like, I've never heard anybody. I said, yo, I'm an artist too. Just like you, you filming the art. The artist knows how she wants or he wants to be presented into the world. And all that matters. It like does. the equation of the people in the room, who's there, who's not there. Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to film you. Yeah. And especially that. the stakes that you're talking about, where it's like, no, this is the take. Yeah. Because before I filmed, um, well, kind of in the middle of me starting to do music videos, I also did skate videos. Uh. Like on rollerblades, grinding on rails and jumping mm. on ramps, yes, you know, yes, all that yes, stuff. Yes, yes. I used to tour with all the pro skaters filming that. That's and when we were filming, you know, first of all, it's illegal. So we would just like <laughs> drive around town, find the rail, and we'd have like 10 Gorilla minutes to get style. the clip before the cops came, you know. And it was like, no, this is the trick. He's going to do it one time, jumping off the roof, Ooh. and this angle is the angle. And yeah. you're either getting it or you're not. That, yeah. like, towards, like, we're both in it to win it. Yeah. Like, that, mm, I mm. love it. Yeah, I, th I, uh, I think I got more particular about the way that I was shot after I saw the imagery of Rise. I really appreciated um, the way David LaChapelle captured us. Um, the muscles in slow motion, the hair swaying, the sweat oh. rolling off of our bodies, like... The imagery is so beautiful. It was. And again, Tasteful. the first dance to be shot on a red cam in slow mm. motion. Crump got a lot of firsts, yo. We got a lot of firsts out here. So that went into how I looked dancing with Madonna. The director, when we did Sorry, when we did Hung Up, shot us the same way that David LaChapelle shot us. It almost was like a staple to go alongside with Crump, like Crump in slow motion, that yes. 60 frames. It's almost like, like Crump requires great cinematography. It's it's a, such a masterful art yeah. that if you're not shooting it right, you're going to miss the whole beauty of the whole thing. Exactly. I've walked out on photo shoots um, with photographers that don't know how to shoot Crump. It's interesting, right? Because camera people aren't the same. Like if somebody's really good at shooting basketball, yeah. they might suck at filming dance. You know, like just because you can edit a TV show doesn't mean you can edit a music video. Like it's two completely different things. Like it's a specialized skill. Oh, man. Yo, we're going to work together in Brazil. <laughs> we're working together. I'm going to show you some of my, uh, I'll show you the trailer to my film. Uh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But I would really, I would, I feel like now is the time. Um, like I said, I had always seen you, but I'm not one of those people that like the hookup. I don't mm -hmm. like that shit. Like, yo, tell them about me. Nah, fuck that. The universe gonna do it for me. Mm. I'm very much that kind of person. Like, a person to be like, yo, why you ain't never reached out? Like, why you didn't tell them that you knew me? Because I'm gonna let the universe do the work. Mm. You got to. It, it feels you can't more force genuine. It too much. Yeah, like, at that time, like, when I, when I took wind of who you were, I don't even feel like my dance was up to par. Because that's the time in Crump where I was very critical about my style. Like, oh, she's too feminine when she danced. Like, her Crump isn't authentic. But now, I'm so comfortable in my shit that the vulnerability in my freestyle is unmatched to who I was in Rise. When I look at that girl in Rise, I be like, damn, she didn't even know who she was about to be. Wow.
What message would you have for the younger you, the young Miss Percy? If you could talk to her right now, what, um, what words would you send back? Let no situation doormat you. No situation. Don't allow anything to make it feel like it's that comfortable or it can walk all over you. Mm. Take hold of your future. Mm. Become a horse with shutters and get to success. Mm. That's a fact. Like, I so wish that I could tell 23-year-old Prissy that because she didn't know that. That young girl in Rise was so insecure, didn't love herself, was insecure with her brown skin. So, like, didn't know how to embody who she knew. Deep down, she was. Come on, 23-year-old Prissy, put them shutters on and get to it. That's what I would have told her. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. You are such a <laughs> awesome individual. Like, it, it really is a privilege to meet you and to connect with you finally. I've you been, don't I've even know how this feels for, for me. Like, like <laughs> he don't even know, bro. Like, I remember being like, he working with everybody but me. I want to work with him. How do I get to him? Who did I know that knew you? Do you know news? Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And being news like this, news taught me how to cut. Yeah. He like, yo, reach out to that nigga. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> it's not time. My confidence wasn't there to reach to you. And maybe it wasn't time because now I feel like I'm in the best position to create. Mm. I feel like I've, you know, dealing with so many struggles in my come up as well that mm. I feel like I'm in the best position ever to do good right now. You know, like I, I've made money, I've lost money, I've made money, I've lost it all again. I've started over so many times that yeah. we're like now I'm just I'm in the zone. I'm on purpose. And I and I wanna say just, that again. I'm on purpose. Ah, I felt it. It's crawling up. I'm on purpose. I want it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. I'm on purpose. I also this um this young lady, she had said some shit to me one day. She was like, girl, all I need is Google and God. I said, <laughs> I said, girl, she right. That's a fact. I'm on purpose. All I need is Google and God. You know, being too early is just as bad as being too late sometimes. Dead ass, like jumping the gun and we track and field. So many times in my life I thought I was ready for this big opportunity. Hmm. And then it didn't work out. And then yeah. years later, I'm like, well, thank God it didn't work out because I wasn't ready. I would have fucked that up. Dude. I remember when I first moved out here and I was um, Tyga's videographer. Bet and bet. I had written um, a treatment for a music video for him for like his first single. And I wrote it with inspiration of a, my first girlfriend who had passed away. Oh, so wow. like I even wrote the treatment kind of like inspired by her death and a whole thing. And it was gonna be his first single for that song, Far Away, that my boy Just Jackson produced. And um, I was supposed to direct a video, but then the label felt that I wasn't ready for it. And they gave my treatment to a different director and a different director did my concept. And- uh, They don't know that kind of shit fucks with your mental health. Yeah. You gonna give my treatment to someone else? You're gonna and it's give something my that personal to execute. You're gonna give my thoughts to someone else to execute because you don't think that I can execute my thoughts. You know, and it's like <laughs> it was wild, and then but then I learned from it. You know, and I think that well, first of all, they did a bad job with the video. Mm. Um, um, Karma. 
but it's all good, all love. You know what I mean? The, the directors, they did the best they could, but it wasn't their idea, you know uh -huh. what I mean? So the, the passion wasn't there. Um, but I'm grateful that it happened because now I feel like I'm just now getting started. What? I feel like you haven't even seen 10% of my abilities. Ain't that beautiful? Like the kind of stuff I, I know I'm capable of creating, I, it just took some time for me to be there at the right moment. Like, like for a lot of my life, I had like tumultuous relationships. Mm. So like dealing with that will take so much energy having like drama at home that then you show up on set and you're like still having crazy text messages pop up and you're like, oh, and, and then like, and then the work I do is good. And people are like, good job, Brazil. And I'm like, yeah, that was okay. But it, it's not really on that level. Like to me, when I look at my videos, I compare it to like Hype Williams. Ah, like things like, like regardless of the, the budget difference, that's, I don't even look at other dance videos. Mm. I'm like, I compare my stuff to like a Kanye video, a Jay video, a Dave Lechapel. Like, that's the only level I'm working on, you know? You see why I told you I was supposed to be him? And it's like, and when people say good job, I'm like, yeah, that was me on a day off. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, people think it's good just because I'm talented, but there's a difference between being talented and being tapped in with my talent. Like, I'm at a point now to where I can't make a bad video. You know, just because of my, my talent level is there. But the difference between a good video and like a great video is hard. Brazil, what's your sign? What do you think it is? Oh no, you got you got vibes like me, like you're a perfectionist. That's a Virgo trait. But then you could be a Taurus, because Tauruses are like that too. I don't know. What's gonna be a guess? I'll take Virgo for 800. Ooh, you're very, very close. I am a Libra. I, ooh. <laughs> Y'all need that balance. But my you, sun and my moon are Virgo and my rising is Libra. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But you know there's a difference, right? It's, it's like, you know, you can practice skill so long to where you know, like I know the, the science of, how to light something, how to shoot something, whatever. So at a bare minimum, my stuff won't look bad. Mm. But I'm tired of it just looking good enough. Mm. I want to make stuff that I feel at a different level. And that isn't a technical difference. Mm. It's a heart difference. You know? It's into the amount of time I put into the pre-production, into whether or not I don't fill up my plate that week and I actually meditate before the shoot and I connect to it and I want to express myself and I have a deeper a purpose for it. Like, that's where the greatness comes from. At a certain point, technicality only takes you so far. Then there's different levels of choices at a higher creative level. Like, sometimes the choice is to do less. Sometimes the choice is to say, you know what? No front light at all. Just backlight back the whole thing. Whatever. But it's like to get to that point of like reducing things out of it, you just have to be so connected on purpose that you're not even worried about technicality anymore. You're just like, what does this project really mean? The attention. The attention. Mm -hmm. And I care more about being in that process. Mm. The outcomes are going to come. Like yeah, Jay-Z yeah. has this line that goes, um, nothing wrong with my aim. Just got to change the target. Shut the fuck up. That's lit. Right? It's from uh, American Gangster, I think. Um, and it's like, you say the bullets fly straight. It's just, where am I pointing at? What am I focused on? You know? And I don't want to just be busy. I want to be, like, purposeful with it. Like, even, like, today, I didn't pack my schedule. I didn't have, like, I was in the jacuzzi before this. I Come was on, just like, jacuzzi? You know? Chilling? I was like, what's, what's going to make a great podcast interview? Me being busy all day, taking phone calls and emails and spreadsheets? And then be uptight. And be uptight. Or me being, like, at the, the right fact. state 
to connect with you because I really yeah, yeah. care about connecting with you. So like yeah. the process is important. Here's what's important to me, eye contact. Mm. I don't even fuck with people that can't look at me in my eyes mm. because I'm a soul reader. Like, I think that's why um, a lot of my relationships in the industry did not work out. Because <laughs> you could really read their but souls. I'm like, I'm like, yo, you talking <laughs> to me like this. Yeah, so we're going to, um, so are you available to do? No, motherfucker, I'm not available to do nothing. You can't even look at me. I already know you about to scam me because you over here Stevie wondering. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes a real ass person to tell you truth in your face or mm. a fucking psycho or sociopath <laughs> that can lie to you looking in your eyes. Right. Other than that, and, I can't. And that's like 3% of the population. So that might happen, but generally speaking, yeah. that's why sometimes when I'm crossing the street and there's a car coming, I make it a point to look them in the eye. Because I'm like, only a sociopath would kill me after I made eye contact. So I'm hoping that. <laughs> They'll see me and stop when I'm jaywalking. <laughs> For real. Like, you see this soul. year, right? <laughs> you see I'm in the zone. All right. Yeah, dead ass. I feel you. Like, to hear you talk about um, yourself like that. Yeah. I like how you speak about yourself, right? Um, I was told that I'd be on a high horse. I responded, at least, you know, you mm -hmm. know where I sit. And... When you know your worth and what you're capable of, it is a threat to a lot of people. And they, they think that you're speaking in an egotistical manner, but it's just you knowing what you've put in to be who you are right now. Yes. So I'm not about to pretend that I'm okay. Like, nah, I'm nice at what I do. <laughs> that I reminds me of the Kanye line where he's like, <laughs> for you to call me a genius and for me not to agree with you, I would, I would be lying. And the proof is in the work. If the work that I'm putting out is changing lives and moving mountains, clearly I am what I say that I am. That's a fact, right? That word wouldn't exist if people weren't it. So Whoa, it's like. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. I, and mm, don't get me started. I think that comes from like a scarcity mindset, right? That yeah. when we think that somebody else's success equals our failure. Man. And it's not really like that. It's actually so abundant because so many jobs that exist today didn't even exist 10 years ago. That's a fact. Social media influencer wasn't a job. That so it's not, not like we were ever going to run out of jobs. Maybe on tour, there might only be five people, but there's like a hundred other ways to make money, you know? <laughs> He's so factual around it. I don't know what to do. It's the facts. <laughs> it's the facts. Like, I live by another motto too. And... I guess this is just like, I remember back when I was living in South Central, this was just last year. Um, I lived in this small ass little house, like behind the Slauson Super Mall. Those of y'all that are LA natives, y'all know what the Slauson Super Mall like. Yeah, you know about uh, that. My, I had access to my roof, so I had this little ladder. I would go up on top of my house and smoke. You know when you smoking, like your third eye get wide open. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here like, looking at the stars and I'm like, damn, look at all these stars. None of them are fighting for room. Mm. And they're all shining, even the one, the furthest. That one actually shines the brightest because as far as it is, I can see it. Why can't humans act like stars? Mm. It's hella space. I don't need to come and eclipse you. Too many of us want to be the sun. 
that shit too hot. I'm cool. You know, like real success <laughs> is in the tribe winning. Exactly. You know, it's actually in reality. If you want to talk about even like survival, mm. it'd be better off for even if I wanted to be super selfish. Yeah. The most selfish thing I could do is want all my friends to win. Because then if I lose all my money, then they got money. They could help me out. You know what I mean? So literally, in the best case scenario is yeah. everybody winning. That's a fact. How do you feel about having a large circle of friends? I don't have a large circle of friends. I have many people that I connect with on an individual level. You know? But I don't just hang with people just because. Like, I have some friends I don't talk to for a year or two. Yeah. Or whatever. They live in Europe or whatever. Yep. It's like... um. I just connect with who I connect with. Like, I met this person in the jacuzzi the other day with, like, a nice hat, and we were just talking about life. I consider them a friend now, just my jacuzzi friend. <laughs> Somebody in the apartment complex that we go and we talk about life. To me, it's not about the, the length. And uh. then there's some people that I know from, like, middle school. Yeah. It's and just, you're right. It's definitely not about the length. It's what's been done in the time uh, spent. Like, you can be friends with somebody for 13 years and have done nothing with that friendship. Yep. As opposed to meeting somebody for 90 days and have already established a business, yeah. certain common grounds. Like, like, I really feel like that. Like, time is some made-up shit that human beings have done Yeah. to, like, put you in fucking portals and little boxes. Like, I don't even dwell there. Like... Um, recently I got engaged and a lot of my friends, thank you. A lot of my friends are like, where the fuck did this dude come mm -hmm. from? <laughs> How long it like most normal people wait at least like three years to get engaged. I said, what are years? It shouldn't take me that long to know if this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. The actions displayed within those first 90 days that get you going. Like you'll know, especially if you're paying attention. Exactly. Like, I've been married before, and um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But fortunately, it didn't because I wouldn't have met my soulmate today, you know? Mm. And uh, what did come out of that is uh, my first daughter, who's born on her father's birthday. So clearly, she's supposed to be here, you know? But I feel like at this stage in my life, who God has placed in my circle, or should I say triangle, because I don't have a circle of friends. Mm. Like you, I have people that I connect with. Yeah. I feel like the triangle of people that I have around me, the triangle is the strongest shape. Mm. Like a circle. That shit wobbly than a motherfucker. I'm cool. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that triangle has three hard-ass sides. Yeah, that's why tripods have the three legs. It's not a quad pod. It's like the three. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> that's it, you know? And I feel like... So many of us want to be liked. We desire to be just loved by everyone. I don't want to be liked or loved by everybody. I'm cool with just me loving me. And those of those that are in my triangle, we love one another. And that's it. Like, if I was liked by everybody, that'd be scary. I like having enemies. It fuels me. Because then you're pleasing everybody. You're not really standing for anything. And I'm not a people pleaser. People know that about me. Like... If you talk to Prissy, she gonna keep that shit real. You better be ready. Like <laughs> everyone says that. Like man, you be kicking the fucking facts, and I'm like, nah. I just really feel like I say what needs to be said, so you can be the best you. I've heard some of the most harshest things said to me growing up. I remember them all, and it fueled me, you know. And I don't walk around being a negative Nancy. I just expose truth. I had a friend, I don't know why my business isn't successful because 
You try to walk around here acting like your business already launched. You ain't doing the work. Mm-hmm. Do the fucking work. Stop complaining. I got two kids off of one income. I'm doing the work still. Mm. Not making no excuses. My kids know. There's been times where I've been editing and they have to sleep in the car. Yeah. Sacrifices have been made. It's not something that I'm proud of, but that's my journey. And it's not that bad. I love sleeping in cars sometimes. You know what yeah, I mean? That, like, you know, it's, Amazon it's got of... that bed that you could blow up, put that seat down. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, same. We need to talk more. <laughs> I think this is a perfectly timed beginning of a new friendship. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I can't wait to work with you. Likewise. I mean that for real. No, I'm... I'm going to show you some shit. I'm, I'm so serious. I'm very serious. Do you want to um, tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, the official Miss Prissy. You can find me on Facebook, Marquisa Gardner, IMDb, Miss Prissy. Uh, go to my website, throne-online.com to see about my nonprofit and the things I got going on in my community. I love that you call it throne. Yeah, I'm the queen. Yes. Yes, go to that website so they can watch the throne. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Stepped in a room. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no problem. Mm. <laughs> yeah.